All right, people, I noticed something really, really strange. We're a bit into the month of October and I haven't done any, 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 any commentaries or reviews <clears throat> for any Halloween movies. And I'm so fucking ashamed at myself for that. And I promised I would get around to doing Halloween five because they just celebrated the um, 30th anniversary of that movie. And I'll probably... I probably record and kick that episode out today, but um, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, curveballs this these past couple days. Little under the weather. Hopefully, I'll start to come more alive as this commentary goes on. And if y'all can hear that meow in the background, I'm joined by my co-host, my cat Jazz, who will literally sit in front of me on this table and not let me get any work done. So, hopefully, he got as much to say about this movie as i do because i'm doing commentary people for the original it's actually the colorized version so don't hate me for that i know it takes away from the vintage look and feel of the movie but night of living dead 1968 people now this i'm gonna keep this intro brief before i press play on the movie um this is not just my favorite horror movie of all time just my favorite movie period of all time the reason why if i wasn't already born a writer that i wanted to be a writer like this movie was so influential so inspiring on so many different angles and the way it lives on to this day is 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 scary like not content wise but as big of an influence as this movie is on cinema period you know, it was written and directed by George A. Romero, the GOAT, God rest his soul, man. He made a, a classic staple in cinema. But, um, you know, I'm just I'm just going to press play. I'm going to press play because I'll be doing an intro for an hour and a half and won't even get a chance to press play. So without further ado. I really should have watched the black and white version, though. So many things I'm a y'all got to bear with me on this one because so many things I'm a just nerd out and geek out about in this movie. For starters, the intro is simple. The music is really ominous. It's one of the most underrated film scores ever. Like this is something that I'll I'll go on YouTube and look up the entire soundtrack for this movie and just play it. Probably like if I'm cleaning the house or something or feel like I want to board up windows or something. Now, I think if I'm not mistaken, the title for this movie originally was Night of Anubis. And I don't think it would have worked as I don't think it was. It made sense. But. You know, you can't you can't change a classic. Like if they had changed the ending to the ending that they tried to force George e. Romero and the crew to make the movie wouldn't have, uh it wouldn't have had the impact that it did in film and in life in general so 
something else I'm ashamed of, man. If y'all listening out there, uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it's like I get so not even mad, but it's just I'll be so in awe when people post these pictures of these uh, filming locations. And it's like, I haven't been, it's not like it's that far away. I haven't been to any of these filming locations, like just to take a picture, not necessarily the cemetery. I think it's kind of morbid when people, you know, when they go to filming locations and they take pictures next to tombstones and stuff to each they own, but, uh, cemeteries make me a little uneasy as is. They ought to make the day the time changes the first day of summer. What? Judith O'Day and Russell Striner playing Barbara and Johnny and I love the little banter back and forth between them it's so it's so sibling it's so natural even for a movie made and released in 68 the acting is not bad You can tell Johnny is he he's not for it. He just don't want to be there and Barbara's kind of just like, "Well, we're here and stop complaining." Mother wants to remember, so we trot 200 miles into the country and she stays at home. Well, we're here, John, all right? Something as small as a news bulletin on the radio could have made such a difference in this movie. And there's so many things that, like, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas for this movie are insane. Because, I mean, I know we wouldn't we wouldn't have a movie if Johnny had stayed in the car and listened to that news bulletin. He, he just, you know, they would have had to roll out. Like, oh, did you hear on the radio they're eating people in Pittsburgh? We should probably head home. God, the music is so good. You got the OG Bill Hensman, the OG cemetery zombie. And Johnny just kind of just casually looks at him like, oh, somebody walking in the cemetery. It's already strange off the rip. 
sense in my going to church. Do you remember one time when we were small, we were out here? It was from right over there. I jumped out at you from behind the tree, and Grandpa got all excited, and he shook his fist at me, and he said, Boys, you'll be done to hell! <laughs> that line always scared the shit out of me because it didn't even sound like it was Johnny talking. It might not have been if you look back and look at how the mouth syncs up to the audio. Classic. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara! Stop it! You're acting like a child! They're coming for you! Looks like he was about to lunge in and bite him right there. It's kind of weird though because Bill Hensman was that a zombie that um he put up more of a fight than actually trying to eat Johnny and when he oof when his head hits that tombstone man that's still effective. But yeah, he he didn't seem like he was trying to eat him i mean i guess because they didn't want to give it away until a scene later on in the movie where you do see that these people are trying to eat the living and here we have uh judith o'day had just become the cliche trip and fall chick in a horror movie <coughs> she is hauling ass though i ain't gonna lie she locked the doors and everything now something is about to happen here and I need to know if y'all feel me on this I don't know whether George A. Romero when he wrote it whether he knew what he was doing or not but what's about to happen Bill Hensman trying to get inside the car and get to Barbara boom he picks up a rock brick whatever you want to call it and smashes the car window to get her now whether he knew it or not he foreshadowed land of the dead the whole context of land of the dead the zombies evolving to use weapons it happened right here in this movie in 1968 i wish he was still alive man because that's one of the questions i would definitely want to ask him like did you know land of the dead was going to happen when you wrote this scene Her crash in this car is just heartbreaking, though.
Now I think that house is gone. The farmhouse in this movie. A few people have told me in the Night of Living Dead movie group on Facebook that that house was bulldozed. Which is... That's a shot to the heart right there. Because as scary as this movie was and is to me, um, I always wanted to live in that house. I love the way that that house looks. I love that it was so isolated. It was just out in the middle of nobody's business. I could do without the deer heads and all the taxidermist shit. That's kind of creepy. That's not something I want to see if I'm like drinking or smoking by myself. Just look up and see a deer head. Like I said, man, this music, this music sets a sets a mood. It kind of turns the movie into like it gives it the feel of a um, like a mystery movie. Now this shot coming up. It took me so long to figure out that shot where that first uh, deer head or whatever that animal was that was revealed. It took me a long time to go frame by frame because I just felt like there was something there. And George A. Romero had his hand over the over the um, the lens before they revealed that animal head on the wall. Shoestring budget filmmaking, though, man, I respect it. You go from making movies that are on a lower budget like this to having a studio like Universal back you for Land of the Dead and you just got everything, everything at your expense. wonder if it ever dawned on anybody like maybe these people are just drunk maybe the area got a good batch and everybody was just drunk walking around outside just staggering I mean bath salts was a thing this was some this was like the unexplained that made this movie creepier this is a woman at the top of the staircase Barbara just found with her face eaten off. But they never, no backstory, no explanation, no nothing. I guess it works. 
Because horror is really um, exploitative. It's something I was having a conversation with somebody about recently. Horror is really... They explain a lot more than they should. Sometimes it works. Other times it's it's the downfall of the movie. Like this in particular, I didn't really care to know what brought zombies, uh, what turned people into zombies. I didn't really need to know that. I didn't really care for an explanation about Undead until Return of Living Dead came out. Because they grounded that in with the the military and their mistakes and stuff like that. But, you know, when they're doing a news bulletin, they're like the satellite uh, exploded and radiation reflected off of a Venus probe and all of this crazy shit. Like, I don't I didn't really need that for this movie. I'm cool with the fact that people are just walking around. Now, it is kind of creepy to think about it space exploration and all of that type of stuff going to shit. Just like sometimes, it, you know, same thing, like not a lot of not everybody wants to know why zombies eat people. We didn't know why they why they ate people and even in dawn of the dead i think they touched on that and he's like you know they don't or was it was it day of the dead i can't somebody out there will correct me if i'm wrong but no i think it was dr logan uh frankenstein and day of the dead the doctor and he said it has no stomach he eats for he said he doesn't eat for nourishment or something like that whereas in something like return of living dead you had the half the half woman corpse who said that they ate brains to because of the pain of them being dead it made the pain go away which was like i said it's hit or miss with people i mean i don't mind return of living dead explaining all of that because it's an epic movie shout out to that movie too that's a commentary that's coming really soon See here, zombies using weapons again. They keep using rocks. They just busted out a headlight. There are two of them out there. Have you seen any more around here? I can take care of those. I know you are afraid, but we. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Get a hold of yourself. It's only two of them. Ben putting in that serious work with that tire iron. Shout out to Dwayne Jones, man. I'm not even sure if I shouted out Dwayne Jones or not. <coughs> like I said, people, I'm still coming back to life myself this morning, pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still um, still a little out of it, still coming back to life. But shout out to Dwayne Jones, man. Playing the alpha dog. Playing um, the black protagonist. Which was kind of uncommon at the time when it came out. It's another reason this was an important movie. 
and respect to George A. Romero for casting Dwayne Jones as the lead in this movie. And it's crazy because he said uh, Ben wasn't really written for a person of color. Like it was just up for grabs and Dwayne Jones came in and killed it. So that's fate if you ask me. Crazy thing is I've only seen Dwayne Jones in this and Beach Street, I think. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Now we got the Pee Wee Herman looking zombie. Now somebody made a joke out of that before, but this zombie really does look like Pee Wee Herman. Mm. Now, <clears throat> unfortunately, we didn't have things like The Walking Dead or Land of the Dead back then, where you could just stab a zombie in the head and just, you can knock them down like bowling pins. But that's cool, too, because this was the template for, um, you know, modern zombies, basically. And how is that corpse moving his eyes? He stabbed that thing straight through his skull, and I, I never understood that part where that zombie is moving his eyes after getting stabbed in the head. That'd have been a crazy twist that you really can't kill what's already dead. But yeah, I feel like um, if you, if you had other movies to reference from or TV shows it would have been a lot easier to get rid of the zombies and it makes for a, a easier outing the urgency is a little different plus like honestly had even a little girl not have been sick in this movie the girl Karen who's played by Kira Sean that was actually Carl Hardman's daughter Carl Hardman who plays Cooper it was his daughter in real life but even had the little girl not been sick in this movie, I think everybody could have pulled their weight and got rid of all the zombies that were around this farmhouse. Because you had a lot of space to move around. Everybody could grab a weapon. Didn't even have, you didn't even have to have guns. I think they had one gun throughout this whole movie, the Winchester rifle. Everybody get a blunt object. Everybody pick a spot in the grass and just, we get rid of these things. <coughs> But again, you wouldn't have had a, uh, wouldn't have really had a movie. Plus, they couldn't really afford sh uh, shots of hordes of zombies like on some World War Z or Walking Dead. So all the zombies, they were, uh, they actually were friends of George A. Romero and the crew. Wasn't a lot of them, but it was enough of them. Nails and hammers is all it's about to be about for a little bit. It's a little weird fun fact, too. Um, Dwayne Jones playing the character Ben made me just want to randomly 
break tables and chairs apart and board up my crib. But I couldn't do that. I know at this point he's thinking like this chick is dead weight and she's going to get me killed. Because it's like Barbara, it's, I mean, <clears throat> he does something to her character in this movie, which I'm not a fan of. It's always been a big problem for me when he just punches the shit out of her. And she's kind of out of it after that. She goes into her little mini coma. And when she wakes up, she's just she's just dead weight. Like she's literally out of her mind. And when she finally does try to pull her weight at the end, she becomes like a liability at that point. Another random scene that just was creepy for some reason. That music box. Somebody online actually made a... They sampled that music box and made an instrumental out of it. It was pretty dope. Yes, people. I am, I am that much of a weirdo that I will go on YouTube and look for people that sampled Night of Living Dead. And a whole bunch of horror movies at that. That's just what I'm into. And honestly, at this point, if I'm gathering up all these, uh, if I'm gathering up all these materials to make sure we are safe, yo ass is going to help. I know she gathered up some wood scraps. Shit's like cardboard. See, I'd be in a zombie apocalypse. People, I don't know how many people would be able to put up with me because I am not under any circumstances trying to die. Not even just trying to die. People don't understand. <clears throat> One of the things that scares me to death about this movie and about zombie movies in general is the fact that you are not just going to die. You're going to get eaten alive by these things. They're ravenous, depending on what movie you're watching. They're ravenous. They have that insatiable hunger. Like, they are going to stop at nothing to get that meal. And I tell people all the time, fast zombies are scary and all that good shit. Like, I like 28 Days Later, 28 Weeks. Um, I like World War Z, Return of the Living Dead, of course, which was the first time we saw fast zombies. But these slow shuffling zombies... I don't want no parts of because when they get a hold of you, it's going to be slow. It's going to be real slow and real painful. Like anytime people act like they're not scared of slow zombies and it's that easy. Just think of uh, just think of Captain Rhodes from uh, from Day of the Dead, 1985, when he literally got torn in two pieces and he was still alive. No. Beekman's Diner. I think as a kid, this was the first taste of like a decent monologue that I got. There's a radio on the truck. I jumped in to listen to it. 
when a big gasoline truck came screaming right across the road. But there must have been 10, 15 of those things chasing after I always feel like this is like my uncle telling me a story or something. That's just the vibe Dwayne Jones gives off in this movie. I could just see that the truck was moving in a funny way. And it's something strange. Let me ask. Let me ask anybody out there listening a question. If you find this to be a good monologue scene, that's just really, really, really good. It's really epic for you. How many people would be opposed to actually seeing what he's talking about? That's one thing I was always um, thinking about when I would write, like fan. A fan script for Night of Living Dead. One thing that I always wrote was, even though his, his the character wasn't his name wasn't Ben, but um, it was still the same character. He went to Beekman's, and I kind of showed a little of what he was talking about. I did that for every character. I showed like Tom and Judy going to the lake to go swimming before they found out what was going on. I showed the Cooper family getting their car turned over. I showed a little bit of Johnny and Barbara before they hit the, you know, the main road to go to Evans City Cemetery. I don't know. It was just something, something I played around with when I was writing my fan uh, script. And it's crazy, too, man, because I, I was I actually wanted to pitch this. To George A. Romero and Tom Savini before um, George A. Romero passed away, and I actually got a response back on Instagram, or at least I hope it was, or I'll just sound pretty fucking stupid if it wasn't. But Tom Savini actually responded, but he gave me the whole cliche, uh, you know, I can't accept any unsolicited material type of type of thing, and it hurts. But it's like just to even get. A response back from somebody like that is awesome. So, of course, instead of me snapping out on him, I, I asked him, I was like, all right, I can respect that. You got anything coming up I could check out? He's like, yeah, check out. Uh, I'm, I'm on from Dust Till Dawn. It's on El Ray Network. And I'm like, all right, bet. But I was mad as shit, though, man. That was always a dream was to pitch something to George A. Romero and let him know how how true it was to the original And Tom Savini, too, because he directed the remake to uh, this movie in 1990. And that's one of the best remakes ever made. He actually was supposed to do the makeup effects for this movie. But I think he was um, he was enlisted. So he was sent away to war. So then when George Romero did Dawn of the Dead, like a decade later, I think, uh, he brought Tom Savini on to do the effects. Ben at this point is just like yo I don't even know what you're talking about I mean I just talked your head off but this shit <laughs> he looks so irked
And I laughed at him and said, Johnny, stop it. And then Johnny ran away. And I, I went up to this man, and I was going to apologize. Why don't you just keep calm? And I looked He's up basically telling her he's tired of hearing it. Now I get it. She lost her brother and she didn't she don't know what the hell is going on. She don't know if he's dead. I can get it, but it's just like I feel bent on that. It's like, yo, calm the fuck down. Like let's let's get our bearings together so we can survive the night. Not to mention we got several cannibals outside that could probably hear us. So you need to chill out. <laughs> we have to go out and get Johnny. He's out there. Please, don't you hear me? We've got to go out and get him. Please, we have got to go get Johnny. Please, Johnny. Please. Don't you know what's going on out there? This is no Sunday school picnic. Don't you understand? My brother is alone. Your brother is dead. No! My brother is not dead. Oh. Oh. Let's see. That's like the biggest problem I have with this movie. You're supposed to you're supposed to represent. We stronger than that, brother. Yeah, she slapped him. He should have just been like, listen. I'm gonna take a lap around the living room real quick. Don't be here when I get back. Just leave me alone. And actually, at that point, you wanna lay hands on me and I'm trying to make sure we survive, and I just killed like four zombies? You on your own. You wanna slap me around in here, then go, go outside and see if you can fend for yourself. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. Always wanted that this Zenith radio too, man. That joint is vintage as hell. Throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. At this hour, we repeat, these are the facts as we know them. There is an epidemic of mass murder being committed by a virtual army of unidentified assassins. The murders are taking place in villages, cities, he said, a virtual army of unidentified assassins. It's like, dude, good boy, man. You you know you know what's up. <laughs> that was like he was taking a lot of liberties that night over the radio. It's like, man, my ass wouldn't have even been broadcasting. <laughs> That's funny as hell. He said a virtual army of unidentified assassins. It should there should have been a scary movie moment where to do. <laughs> and it's not a color thing, people. It's just a funny ass joke from scary movie where the dude was uh 
the black dude was like, reporting live for BET. White folks are dead. We getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's like, and then they just peeled off after that. That's what it should have been. And that was one killer. This is a bunch trying to eat people. <laughs> that's actually that's actually making me wanna um it's actually making me wanna write my little night of living dead spoof. It's another thing I always wanted to do. I always wanted to write some fan uh some fan scripts of one that was serious, true to the original and one that was a spoof entirely. And I would want Craig Robinson to play the role of Ben and Rob Corddry to play the role of Cooper. I know somebody out there that hears them casting choices. You got to feel me on that. And maybe have like Elizabeth Banks or um, what is that woman's name? No, nah, Elizabeth Banks isn't as kooky as uh, I can't remember her name off top, but Judd Abatow's wife. I would want her to play Barbara and have um, the one that plays Steve Carell's girlfriend. The one he got with at the end, I would want her to play um, Helen Cooper. I got ideas, man. They're ballsy ideas, but ideas nonetheless. Makes me wonder what the time frame was in this movie, because Ben got the whole downstairs boarded up. And he forgot the basement door. That's why I said a lot of a lot of elements in this movie make it so that it's like a mystery, a mystery flick. This dude is dedicated, man. I'm ch- listen. If I'm a broadcaster, I tell I tell the suits like, listen, I love my job, but do you see what's going on outside? I'm not doing reports on this all night. I got to get home. Not even home. I got to get my baby and roll out and hit the road. Yeah, Ben's winded right now. He had to sit down and have a stogie and just reflect. They should have had him like thinking like you could hear what he's thinking at this moment. Like, man, you know, when I woke up this morning, I did not think that the zombie apocalypse would be going down. Now, I don't know if that's part of the music, if y'all can hear it, but it's like these faint moans. I don't know if that's part of the music or the zombies outside. It works, though. Now, Ben just found that Winchester. <clears throat> which is going to be his best friend during a lot of this movie, and it's going to be 
is going to cause a rift between well more than what rift they already had off the rip rip and rift it's a tongue twister but yeah it's going to cause more of a rift between him and cooper it's crazy what weapons do we can't even we can't even coexist amongst each other long enough to survive That's another thing that's dope about um, zombie movies. I like anytime you show that we as human beings can't even, we can't even get along to the point where we stop and tell ourselves, like, listen, this is bigger than us. There are zombies outside taking over the world. one of the reasons why Walking Dead uh, is my favorite show on TV. Look, I don't know if you're here, but I'm going upstairs now. If anything should try to break in here, I can hear it from up there. I'll be down to take care of it. Everything is all right for now. I'll be back to reinforce the windows and doors later. But you'll be all right for now, okay? Okay. She is on vacay right now. She she is she just not responsive at all. And whatever happened up there, it looks like it was a mess. There's blood smeared on the walls, her face is gone. And you don't really see her face uh, like you did when Barbara found found her at the top of the steps early on. But that's actually Kira Shawn uh, that plays um, Cooper's daughter, Karen. So I guess instead of spending money on an entire practical corpse, they just did a close up on the face in the beginning and then they had her in place of you know you get that idea repeating this latest bulletin just received moments ago from Cumberland Maryland civil defense authorities have told newsmen that murder victims show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers medical examination of victims bodies shows conclusively all right people sorry about that that was like brief technical difficulties if you can hear it there was a my dvd skipped as old as fuck but right back to it that's another thing should any of these commentaries or reviews ever like skip or anything go wrong i'll always let people know just in case by any god-given chance there's somebody like somebody really into the movie in the background or really into what i'm talking about so i'll always keep everybody posted <coughs> and we got keith wayne playing tom 
Carl Hardman playing Harry Cooper. Tom is a... He, he does a lot of things in this movie. Not even a lot. He does the one thing in this movie that screws up a lot. And it's like, I guess I can't hate him as much as I hate Cooper. But I can kind of understand where Cooper's coming from because he does have a daughter. He does have a wife. And while he is on some, it seems like he's a racist, ego-tripping asshole. He's trying to protect his family at the end of the day. And his whole thing is, you know, if you, you can stay up here, but we're going downstairs and then we're not coming back up. His whole execution is just... It's all about how you talk to people. That got him punched in the face early on. Because <clears throat> it's like, are we gonna we gonna put our differences aside and survive together, or are you gonna be a problem for me? And this was an argument that needed to be had. Because even though <clears throat> even though some of them are disagreeing with each other, um, it's an argument that needs to be had. It's like, what, what are we doing? How are we doing it? And who's doing it, more importantly? How are we going to survive the night? Ben should have just told him, like, you know, I got a Winchester rifle in hand, right? Let's think about this. We can make it to the cellar if we should blow the hinges off this shit. If we do decide to stay down there, we'll need some things from up here. So let's at least consider this a while. <laughs> okay, Tom. <laughs> he did something, said something useful. That's a scary ass line. He said maybe six or seven, and Tom said no. It's like about eight or ten out there now. They're growing in size. Old school 1968 practical effects gore right there, but even for it being so cheap and cheesy, it gets like a part of me inside cringes like somebody getting their finger sliced off. <laughs> <laughs> 
with a butcher knife. And these squib hits are pretty good though. The uh the gunshot wounds. For anybody that's uninitiated out there, squib hits, squib shots, that's you know, when they hook a device up to you to make it look like you're getting shot. Now the squib hits look they look really good. And got shells to spare, boy. And that's when they establish you kill them. Well, I mean, they did that early on with the tire iron. But shot to the head. Shot to the head. I wonder how controversial it was back then for them to have a full naked woman in this movie. A zombie or not. Because I think on some of the covers back in the day, the movie covers, the VHS covers, I think they said that. It was like, this movie is for the squeamish. It has a scene of nudity. But this movie did break ground, though. All around. <laughs> he was fed up. That's what I didn't understand about Cooper was was that one thing it's like I'm taking a girl with me and it's like you don't even know her. That's one thing about me man if this, if it should ever hit the fan knock on wood I, no liabilities will be allowed around me. Cuz in a lot of zombie movies, TV shows, whatever you have it there can there will be one person who will do one thing that will destroy the entire plan Judith Ridley as Judy. Who kind of. She's a liability, too. She does something. She does something later on that. People just do things in this movie that compromise so much. And every time I watch it, I, it, it gets a reaction out of me. Because you think about what could have been. And what stupid ass decisions people could have avoided. And everybody could have made it out alive. Spoiler alert. I shouldn't even be saying spoiler alert because we're about to be fresh into 2020. This movie's been out for quite some time. And if you haven't seen it, I don't know I don't know what you're doing with your horror savvy out there. But I would recommend it. Marilyn Eastman. She was a beautiful woman, man. 
and she's really she's so grounded she's probably one of the most grounded characters in this movie that doesn't get to help out as much as she wants to All Cooper was missing was a mustache he could twirl. He's such a smug ass villain type. Let them stay upstairs. I'll show them. That's important, isn't it? To be right, everybody else to be wrong. What do you mean by that? She just flagged them off. You could tell it's her husband, but it's she don't respect that man. She's ready to swing on him. There's mass murder everywhere, and, and people are supposed to look for a safe place to hide. Take the boards off that door. We are staying down here, Helen. Harry, that radio is at least some kind of communication. If the authorities know what's happening, well, they'll send people for us so they tell us what to do. How are we going to know what's going on if we lock ourselves in this dungeon? He is such an asshole. And it's a shame because she's so rational. True story. Let's go up. Tom? If Jimmy would come downstairs for a few minutes, Harry and I could come upstairs. See, she's rational. He just wants to be a dick. And Judy irks me. Her, he's asking, will you do it? And she's like, do I have to? It's like, you're not doing anything but sitting on this couch with your sleeves and your jean jacket rolled up. Yes, make yourself useful. She should have made herself as useful as possible with the, sh the stunt she pulls it, it coming up soon in this movie. I like to say that it's responsible for a lot of things that happen afterwards. <laughs> Kira Sean playing Karen Cooper. Um, I wonder if she got paid for this movie. Because I would love to just sit on a a a a, ta a basement table and just have one line throughout the entire movie eat someone's arm and turn into a zombie i would love to do that and just get paid for it as opposed to learning lines and actually actually doing some acting You know what I just noticed? They even had a piano 
like they did in the remake. I don't know how I did not see that before. Barbara's acting now. She's acting all terrified. You heard me when I sat down. Now it wasn't a problem. You didn't stare at me until I struck a match and wanted to smoke a cigarette. They should have delved into the fact of maybe Barbara had a mental illness or something that got triggered when she got hit. I don't know. She's very strange. Yeah, be that as it may. See, at that point, that's when she gets up out the rocking chair and just slams it over his face. that talk Ben he had to let him know real quick all, all that all that seller shit that don't go down up here <laughs> Ben had had enough And it's crazy because <clears throat> I know there are some people out there that agree with me on this. Um, these are some of the best parts of the movie. Just the fact of how informative this is. And they took their time with the, the broadcastings. Like, this is something I can listen to audio of myself. And be absolutely fine with it. So we have that truck. We can get some gas. We can get out of here. There's a pump out by the shed. I know that's why I pulled in here, but it's locked. 
called this afternoon by the president. Since convening, it's conference of the presidential cabinet, the FBI, joint chiefs of staff, the CIA, has not produced any public information. Why are space experts being consulted about an earthbound emergency? So far, all the vetting on the answer a good question. Why are space experts being consulted about an earthbound emergency? Now this is where we get a little of the explanation of what causes zombies to come back to life. Does that even make sense when I say it? What caused the zombies to come back to life? It's kind of an oxymoron. And well, how about that? That's uh, George A. Romero uh, conducting the interview, the guy with the microphone in his hand all the way to the left. A young George A. Romero. I love how involved the cast and crew were with the, the making of this movie. Everything is being done that can be done. You can tell they don't have a handle on shit. They just saying what they got to say because it sounds good on TV. <laughs> George A. Romero fumbled over some of his own dialogue right there. Like I said, these are some of the best bits of the movie. Um, this made it so much more realistic. Because if some shit like this did hit the fan, you, you would have the media and all of that type of shit. Um, like they said in the interview, they said something about mass hysteria. And this day and age, it'll definitely be that tenfold. It's only about 17 miles from here. You know this area. Judy and I are both from around here. We were on our way up to the lake to go swimming. And Judy had a radio and we heard the first reports about this. So we knew the old house was here and we came in and found the lady upstairs dead. Then these other people came. We went down into the basement and put a bar across the door and it is pretty strong. How can we possibly get away from here? We've got a sick child, two women, one woman out of her head, three men, and the place is surrounded with us there. Dr. Grimes. Cooper's just such a Debbie Downer. Now this was of course before before they knew that a zombie bite or scratch or something like that was going to result in transformation. 
because had I would have been Ben and I knew if I knew that then we gotta quarantine this little ass girl another liability It's the only line Kira Sean had in this movie was I hurt. This was like the scene where we had a small glimmer of hope. It's like people are being cordial. They're talking about a plan. They're trying to figure out what to do to get this gas and escape. And it was the smallest glimmer of hope. And the shit is short-lived. Ben looked at him like even the camera angles make Tom seem small. He looked at him like, listen, it's this big boy stuff right here, man. Straight like that. It sounded good. It really did. And the Molotov cocktails was a dope uh, concept too. Because I'm like <coughs> former pyromaniac. So that's some shit I probably would have been like, okay, can I do that? I'll do that part. And I guess you you had to have this moment with them. It didn't really go anywhere and it wasn't really wasn't anything romantically amazing, but He seems like he's just more so annoyed with her. I don't know. Come on, honey. You're starting to sound like Mr. Cooper now. Why do you have to go out there? Look, I know how to handle that truck. And I can handle the pump. Ben doesn't know anything about that stuff. But we're safe. For how long, honey? We're safe now. I mean, I could appreciate it, though. <clears throat> I can. I know all that. 
Because while it sounds like she's like doing a lot of complaining, he's trying to make her understand, like, listen, this is we have to do this. You know, we can't just we can't just sit around and wait for somebody to uh to find us. It's something I would tell my chick. And fast. And she just leaped into his arms. Yeah, that's definitely something. I mean, the real ones out there know. Fellas, we know. We get it. Our our women worry and all of that. That's something I would definitely have to convince my girl of. She doesn't even like me going to the corner store. So he had to let her know. He had to set her straight verbally. And he had to plant her a smooch on the lips. He's like, listen, babe, we got this. Which was another plan that sounded good. Damn, this shit is downhill after this. We have to go downstairs now, Barbara. She's right. You have to go downstairs now, just for a little while until we get back. Then we can all leave. Oh, I'd like to leave. Yes. That sounded awesome coming from him. Like, imagine being cooped up in that house all night with what's going on. And he's like, and then we can all leave. He said it like it was like he was going to take her to the amusement park or take her for ice cream after him. Good luck. Yeah. Here we go. More mysterious, ominous, underrated music score. I always felt like they were gonna get splinters the way they were tearing his tearing those boards off the door. It's the last thing you want in a zombie apocalypse is to get a splinter. I mean amongst other things, of course. We see Cooper actually pulling his weight, man. Like I said, this this whole sequence has so much promise, but George A. Romero, man, he'll come with them with the curveball. The Ben just g'd up with a torch in his hand. Cooper's an asshole. This is a g'd up moment for him, though. That's creepy, man. They make some strange noises in this movie. <laughs> See, Tom couldn't get a break from the moment he ran out the door. See what, see what I mean? See what I mean? This is that bullshit. This is that bullshit. The theme for this movie is liability. And that's exactly what Judy just made herself. I'm going to go with him.
Nah, listen, I appreciate the ride or die aspect, but my girl would have got snapped on. Like, have you lost your goddamn mind? She just ran out that door and just. That's why Ben, he didn't have time for it. He's just like, all right, well, if you come in, come on. But then I feel like Tom was trying to be too much of a hero because he had he had his girl with him. He had to she had to show off a little bit. That radio should they should have turned the radio on and it played two miles an hour. And that shot that they just had it looked like like the sun was coming up and now it's dark again I was never sure about that here we go Ben was just a crack shot just shooting a lock off a gas pump balls of steel he had balls of steel and Tom had shit for brains because there he goes spilling gas all over the damn truck. I'm trying to tell y'all, man. People will get you. You will realize who people really are in a zombie apocalypse. I'm sure of it. These people will get you killed, man. And then he peeled off on Ben. It's like I with no remorse. Now, I guess that was for the better because what's about to happen, Ben isn't affected by it, but. And up in smoke they go. Thanks a lot, Tom and Judy. <laughs> Your services will no longer be required. Dead weight, literally. Now Ben has to think on his feet and figure out what the hell is about to happen now. Because the plan literally just went up in smoke. Fucking Tom and Judy, man. And my cat just popped up again. I guess he he felt my pain of what just happened. Tom and Judy blowing up in the truck. <clears throat> Cooper was a slime ball for that. He was gonna leave that man outside. <clears throat> I mean, had anybody knocked, honestly, I'm gonna be honest, I, I would have shouted back like, all right, how many, how many are around you? If there's more than two, then I can't open this door for you, brother. It's another thing. I think that casting a black actor to play Ben, it added to the racial tension that was in this movie. 
So these punches that Ben is throwing on Cooper real quick were well deserved. It's like it's like a heroic scene. Now at that point, I don't know if I would have been able to stop punching him. Or I probably just would have choked him out or something because it, you you don't care about my life at this point. So I shouldn't take into consideration the fact you have a daughter and a wife downstairs. Oh, here, like what I wouldn't have give gave to be a fly on the wall when people first saw this scene. Because this is like this is when they establish why they're coming after us. They want to eat us. And they're not just eating us. They chowing down. Now the story behind this was. um, uh, One of the people that worked on the movie. Was a butcher. So he brought in. Um, ugh, like meats. And all the meats. And all of this nasty shit. That they're eating right now. that's the point where if I was Ben and I walked away from the window after seeing that I'd probably just scream and I'll let everybody in the room know like listen uh, the game has changed people Uh, I think I got it figured out I think I know what they want Now everybody's in there just all melancholy and all. It's like a dark cloud, just a whole different dark cloud just went over that living room. Debbie Downer Cooper. Another small where, glimmer where? of hope. Now imagine him actually making a run for that um <clears throat> for that set of keys and Johnny not even being there. That would have just been another heartbreaking moment. Good Lord. 
Now, I hate to sound crazy, but is it weird that that scene is making me hungry? Seems like Cooper was going to the window to check for Tom and Judy before they said uh, exposed of cremation. Straight like that. Now this guy, I can never, <clears throat> I can never remember this actor's name. Um, the one playing the uh, Chief McCullen, he's a badass. And I think this this reporter's name is Bill Cardell. Oh, messed up. Classic line. One of the best lines in this whole movie. And it was improv. That music, man. Is the fuse box in the cellar? I don't know. It isn't the fuse. The power lines are down. Helen, I have to get that gun. <laughs> she was sick of him. Now here we go again. Um, zombies using weapons, bricks, and broken table legs to break into the house. This scene is still scary as shit. Cause it's like I guess they ate, and they want more.
Now it's on and popping now. They want in. Cooper being a slime ball again. Look at he bend and drop the rifle. So now Cooper's looking for his way in. It's a slime ball. Just his whole stance with the uh <laughs> with the rifle <clears throat> makes him seem like a coward. deserved I feel like he put up with Cooper's shit for long enough that was a badass shot right there uh, with the smoke um, flying in front of Ben's face from the barrel I feel like he dealt with enough shit from that guy all night and it was just enough was enough Now there was one last sympathetic moment with Cooper where he kind of looked at his daughter and he put his hand over his face like it was almost like he he felt like he failed his daughter and he let the best of his ego and shit get in the way. Either that or I could just be reading too much into it like I do everything else. Now see what I mean? When Barbara decided to to be a good help, a liability. Caring about the user troll to stab her mother to death. Probably one of the most shocking scenes anybody had seen um, at the time. But again, Zombies using weapons. I feel like it was all foreshadowed, man. Horror in cinema is probably one of the most morbid art forms, but it's like amazing at the same time. She didn't let up either. It's like, was she that bad of a mother to you in a past life? See, man, I always feel like Barbara got too wild and she pulled that door off herself. Here's Johnny.
And poor Barbara, even though she was um, annoying as hell in a lot of parts of this movie, it was sad to see her go. She was so helpless getting like dragged out into the um <clears throat> into the horde. Now they can get the party started. Man, and honestly, had they would have gotten through that, that cellar door, that would have gotten ugly for Ben. Because it's like, even if you try to rush up the steps, I don't even think he could make it past each and every one of them. You might slip up. You can't just, you know, uh, like it's football or something. You can't just truck through all that dead weight. Even though Tony Todd did it in the remake. We'll get around to the remake eventually, folks. This one I just had to get out the way. He goes down there, he sees dead Cooper with his arm bit off, dead Helen with a trowel stuck in her chest, and it's like, what did I miss? And the way he walked up to Cooper loading up the loading up the um Damn. Loading up the rifle when he came back to life, you could tell he wanted to kill him again <laughs> that bad. I feel like he knew Helen was about to wake up too. That's why he kinda he kinda did a double take. And he shows emotion when he kills her. No coffee, no monster energy drink, no rip it, no nothing. He was just going to stand guard the entire night with the rifle in his hand. I mean, I would have tried. You got to do what you got to do to survive, but I would have been pissed off had I would have fell asleep. You doze off and you just wake up to getting eaten. I love these shots. It's kind of like the the calm after the storm. Not even necessarily the calm, because the zombies are still roaming around. The militia is out there, but they haven't fully gotten rid of the problem. And you gotta love, you watch something like this and then watch Land of the Dead right after. They really thought they had a handle on what was going on.
I think that's just the reality of it in zombie movies. You can't get rid of all of them. It's not going to happen. Unless it's a Return of the Living Dead scenario where they just drop a bomb on, <clears throat> on the town. Which I, I think that's... um. I think that's more realistic by today's standards. That's that's definitely what the government would do or the military. They would just call in a strike. Well, at least they got coffee. They got coffee, cigarettes, guns. Somebody back there had a machete, which I just now saw for the first time in my life. Bill Cardell said, everything seems to be under control. (sighs) Now, again, when there is a small glimmer of hope, uh, George Romero, he throws that curveball shot to the heart gut punch, sucker punch, whatever you want to call it. And they originally wanted him to change this ending when he submitted the film. Because, of course, spoiler alert, Ben gets shot in the head by the militia that he's mistaken for a zombie. Unless they were just secretly racist. But he gets shot in the head and when they distributed the movie or submitted the movie, uh, they had just heard Martin Luther King had been assassinated. So, you know, the people that they wanted to back the film and distribute the film, they said, oh, no, you can't not not at this time and point. You can't have this ending. And they wanted him to change it. And he didn't. And I think because George Romero, you know, he he was he was a revolutionary for uh, horror cinema. And he wanted to do what he wanted to do. You know, he wasn't he wasn't going to change the ending because of what somebody thought was going to happen. And he always kind of went against the grain as a filmmaker and as a writer. And that's one of the things that's inspiring about him. His whole thing with this movie was he wanted it to be about revolution and he was like, you know, there's the the scariest thing is for him was the neighbors, the neighbors being the zombies. And he said it was about us getting devoured by a new society because we can't get our shit together. Pretty reflective. Now, when I first saw that ending as a kid, I I just couldn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on. And I was just kind of like in disbelief, like, wait, so he's going to be all right, right? I just didn't get it. But like I said, had George Romero would have changed his ending, the movie wouldn't have worked. So with that being said, greatest movie of all time for me, greatest horror movie, inspirational, influential uh, there will never be another like it. It's been imitated uh, more times than I can count. And it's a piece of history. Like legit piece of history.
Now I will do the remake um, Commentary for the remake soon enough But I'm debating whether I want to do Dawn of the Dead after this Day of the Dead I gotta search for it Land of the Dead I have <coughs> But I think before the month is out I definitely want to tackle more A few more George Airmail flicks But I hope everybody enjoyed the episode of Tudor Reviews me talking y'all heads off about the best movie ever made